And now, the starting lineup for Inside Slam. At guard, number 11, from the University of Iowa, standing 4 feet 26 inches, it's the man with the smoothest voice in the commentary box, Mr. Magic, Steve Confino. And at small forward, number 6, standing, well, sometimes because he prefers to sit, Mr. Stats himself, Evan Goldback. This is Inside Slam. Oh my goodness, it was, um, yeah, it was just a big, big day yesterday. It was just. What time did it start? 12. Finished at 10, just drinking. I was, I was like, okay, this is because I'm on my health kick. I'm like, okay, with clients and work, I'll drink one day and then, and then I don't have to do it for another month or so because I got to keep doing my posts. Were there any tragics, you know, like, because we live right by Ranwick, Ranwick Racecourse, so <laughs> we often see how they look when they come in, and then when they leave, shoes in their hand, oh, hats maybe. You know, you know what I love about the races <laughs> is that you actually see the metamorphosis from a very great looking human to an animal in the space of about five hours. Faked hands are done, look amazing, hair's perfect, Five hours later, they're screaming at their boyfriend, take me to Macca's. <laughs> it just, you can just see it slowly sliding off a cliff. And then once they go off the cliff, it's, um, it's white girl wasted. I, I, I know, but you're just picking on one half of the population. How about the dudes that um, come in, they're looking all like, you know, like on GQ magazine. And then the and shirt goes off. Good. <laughs> they look terrible. <laughs> they look like cavemen. I, you know, it's almost like I want to park the car, get a lawn chair out and watch it. You, not the race <laughs> forget, <laughs> the forget about the race <laughs> just watch what else is going on hello everybody and welcome back to inside slam this is evan goldback sitting once again next to the man mr magic steve carfino check out more podcasts from global story network like surviving the impossible a cinematic podcast that follows the harrowing true story of Nick Yaris, a man who spent over 20 years on death row for a crime he did not commit. What could be worse than being sentenced to death for a crime you did not commit? Knowing you put yourself there all because of a lie. To check out this incredible story, head to globalstorynetwork.com or search Surviving the Impossible wherever you get your podcasts. Got a really good pod coming up for you guys today. Uh, Going to touch on the Carl Anthony Towns, Jolo Embiid fight. Uh, happened a few days ago, but uh, I think as uh, we can still talk a little bit about that, I, th- I think it's a really fun topic. And B just makes it funny all, uh, anytime he gets into social media. We're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors. I know we talked about them last week being finished. Now we know they're completely game over. We're going to talk a little bit about Kevin Durant and basically when he went on to first take. You know, so he had some in- really interesting quotes. So just going to go through those. And then we're also going to go through, and um, I th- I'm really excited about this, Steve. Your best teams, or your best team over the over the course of uh, you know following the NBA, because there's some great teams out there. We can get into it right now. Yeah, my all right. favorite team. All right. Well, what, oh, you want you want go ahead. You can be professional and set up the show, but I, I was ready to jump right in. No, I, I try to be professional for the first couple of minutes, and then it just <laughs> it, it falls to pieces after that. <laughs> like going to the races. Exactly. Like. It's just like going to the races. Oh, congratulations! Best dressed. Oh, well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I might yeah. I might put a post on the inside slam Instagram. Yeah. So people yeah. people actually know they know what yeah. you look like. I don't think they know what I look like. All right. We've talked about it. You got to do it. 
All right, done. It's going up. It's going up, guys. Make sure you check it out. All right, well, best team. You asked me before the show started, what's your best team? For me, I grew up in the 90s. I love the Bulls. Got to have an Aussie flavor in there. I'm going to 96 Bulls. Yeah. I mean, they had the best record in basketball until the Golden State Warriors broke that record in the regular season. Um, It's not like, oh, my God, I'm going to sit here and have an argument with you. Fantastic team. Mine would be the Lakers just because, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, Which year? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just gonna go for when they had Magic Johnson, Byron Scott, when he not Norm Nixon when he won his first championship, Magic Johnson when he sat in one A when he was out in Game Six, and so Magic Johnson went over there and had you know 15 rebounds and 42 points. Um, that was a great team, but and but they had Jamal Wilkes, and now I just thought that you know my favorite team was when they had Byron Scott and. Um, James Worthy. So like the 80s. Kareem like Abdul-Jabbar. 86, 86 Lakers. Then. Yeah, let's yeah. go for that. 80, 86 Lakers. Maybe. Is that when uh, I think that's is that when Magic hit the, the hook shot? I think was, that's when he hit the hook shot, the 85, 86 season. Yeah. Okay. We might get that, the nerds call up. Oh, I know. It was 1987. Get a girlfriend, all right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you're talking to me or our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You're best dressed, baby. Um, you're going to bounce back. It's funny, we we're, were talking before the show about um, it shouldn't be hard for a general manager to put together uh, a good team because you look at the success of the, the teams of the past and go, okay, if we can replicate that, then that's surely the, the recipe to a championship. And you look at the 96 Bulls, you have Ron Harper, great defensive point guard. Obviously, you got MJ, you got Scottie Pippen, but then you have that stretch four with uh, Tony Kukoc, and then you also have um, Luke Longley. I mean, Tony, Tony Kukoc came off the bench, you had Dennis Rodman, but they had that – it was a mixture of really good offense and really good defense. And we've seen, obviously, the Phoenix Suns in the – I think it was 06, 07, that Steve Nash team. Great offense, but they couldn't get over the line. They didn't have the defense. So why can't G, why can't GMs just put it together? Well, I mean, I think that they just are impatient. You know, often you see teams that will just – completely offload people and then try and get a bunch of new players come in you know it's, it's very difficult to watch you know you would think that the the unsuccessful teams over a long period of time I, you can't have that chemistry and and dominance you know for too long you have to enjoy those teams like the golden state warriors when you have them enjoy the chicago bulls while you have them enjoy the lakers while you had them have all those players together enjoy the San Antonio Spurs while you have them. I mean, rarely. Let's talk about that team right 20 there. 20 years. Of, they've had 20 years of excellence. It's been now, insane. they had three players, Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan, and who's Tony the, Parker. And Tony Parker. And those guys would take pay cuts so they could go out and get free agents so they continue to dominate and win. Now, how many star players that you know of would be willing to take a pay cut so that for the better of the team? I can't see that happening now. I mean, ever only, again. I, the only person I thought of that did it recently as well, but he's, it's like that's that slightly older generation. Like I know Dirk Nowitzki did it when they got that championship in 2011. Uh, he took a pay cut to get, you know, some of those veteran guys in like Sean Marion and Jason Kidd. But yeah, that's not happening these days. It's like, okay, guys would run. I mean, these guys make a fortune as it is. Yeah. I mean, the only player that did it last year was probably DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, but I guess he was coming back from injury, so it's a little bit different. But you're not seeing the big players take the pay cuts to keep a team together. Guys might take a pay cut 
to chase a championship, but to actually keep a team together like the Spurs did for five, six years, that's not happening anymore. Well, I, I think that, you know, these players that are talking about the most important thing is to win a championship, you know, I, and I got to probably agree with Chris Paul. I think that that's the most important thing. As a matter of fact, his wife said that's the most important thing in his life. His own wife said that. And she's, she didn't say it begrudgingly. She said it matter of fact that, you know, he, that's the most important. But I think today's player, they say it, a lot of lip service about winning. Oh, I want to win a championship. But they will leave a team in a heartbeat, just bang, just like that. You know, and it's because these guys make so much money, like you said, and they make it in one year. You know, guys are making in one year what it would take to get that max contract back, you know, say five, six years ago. And so you don't have to sign long-term contracts to be guaranteed that money and be happy, well, be financial for the rest of your life. You're set up for the rest of your life in one year. Absolutely. And I reckon that you'll probably guess who I'm going to say. There's one player in the last five years, well, it's probably over a little bit, maybe five, seven years, that took the money. He probably could have got a championship, but he took the money. He took the fame. These guys make $20, $25, $30 million a year. They're probably making about ten million, or this player's probably made about you know five ten million a year in sponsorship deals and all that sort, all, all those endorsements. Carmelo Anthony, the guy should have got a championship. He could have gone, probably could have gone to the Heat, or he, he could have taken a pay cut to get better players around him at the, at, at the Nuggets because the Denver Nuggets team were good. They made the Western Conference Finals when he was super young, but no, he went to the Knicks. He wanted thirty five million a year, and look where he is now, rich. <laughs> <laughs> he's counting his dollars. Yeah, I but mean, but yeah. he doesn't. He's but he doesn't have a championship. I, I I know what you're saying. You know, but there are lots of great players that don't have championships, and especially if you were playing in the '90s trying to win a championship against Michael Jordan, you were coming up short, and you weren't winning a championship. But it wasn't because of and, money. Uh, that's true. You know, but let, let's not be too hard on people that haven't won championships. You no, know, I, like, there are a lot of golfers that never won a major because Tiger was winning them every time they came around, you know. So um, the opportunities kind of dried up in the 90s for guys to win championships. But, you know, Carmelo Anthony, he's he's a great player. He he probably won't go down as one of the greatest of all time. When he was in high school, he was some people were saying he was the better player than LeBron James in high school, people out in the East Coast were saying that, um, you know, before he went to Syracuse. So he's one of those great players that, you know, probably won't be remembered for, you know, those great years that he had when he'll he be was a, hall a young of famer. player. He'll be, oh, a hall. he'll be a Hall of Famer. He'll be a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Any other teams that kind of stick out? Obviously, you know, the Lakers and the Bulls. But is there any any teams that you're like, oh, I just really like watching them play or that, that, that you loved growing up over the years? Well, I, I loved watching the Chicago Bulls, mm-hmm. you know, but you've already taken them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very old, so, you know, I love the New York Knicks when they had Willis Reed. That was probably my first recollection of basketball. My parents are both from New York, so they were Knicks fans. And, you know, it was Bill Bradley and Dave DeBusher, and, you know, they had... You get to see Clyde play? Uh, yep. Yeah. 
Clyde the Glide. Clyde the Glide. Yeah. And he's, how good is his commentary for the Knicks? Oh, man, he's hilarious. He's hustling. They're weaving and deaving and sleeving. And, oh, oh yeah. man. I he's rhyming. He's great. Yeah, he's, and the way he dresses. <laughs> and he's had a lot of plastic surgery, you know. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Clyde, he's he's cool. There. One of the things Talking I about re- plastic surgery, you should have seen where I was yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I remember when I, was, when I was a kid, I remember watching a game. And, you know, you might see one live game on television a week and and, um, you know, we lived in California, so it was a treat to see the Knicks play on TV because my parents were from New York. They get excited. And um, they were saying that he was so clever on defense. They could, he could steal, you know, you probably couldn't say this, you know, because everything's got to be politically correct now. But they were like, he could steal the hubcaps off of a moving car. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love that that's awesome yeah. i was just quickly also thinking about some teams i just you know you know when you just actually it's they call them league pass teams because they're just really good to watch but i really enjoyed watching that sacramento team in the early 2000s oh yeah mike bibby mm. uh, they had jason williams chris weber uh pedro stoyakovich yeah um Divac, and i mean they they lost, I think it was in seven games to the Lakers when, when I think the referee robbed them. But um, what that was just a fun team to watch. I, I mean, I love Jason Williams, man. The guy is one of my favorite players. The passes he did was just ridiculous. Yeah, they were young, exciting, and they were unfortunate. You know, they win that series. You know, it might have been different. They may, may have been able to keep that team together. But they're also, you know, great teams with Charles Barkley at Phoenix, um, the Portland Trailblazers with Tracy Porter and and Clyde Drexler. There's just been some amazing teams to watch. And, and you know, I, I mean, we could probably go on and on and talk about the great teams, but that might, you know, that might be something of the past because teams, people don't follow teams like they used to anymore. No, they don't. It's, it's really interesting. So I was actually, it's funny you say that. I was talking to a friend of mine who loves his NBA and I'm like, oh, so who are you going for? It's like, who are you going for this year? It's not which team do you support. Like I'm, I'm born in Australia, and I guess the, the sport that I grew up supporting in Australia was rugby league. So I was always a, a West Tiger. I was a Balmain Tiger supporter. Now I'm a West Tiger supporter. I would never think about changing teams. I'd never think about changing from Arsenal. I support Arsenal Football Club. I'd never think about changing that. But now, it's at the beginning of the season. Oh, who are you going for this year? Well. People are like, oh, I, I like Curry, so I'm going to go for the Warriors. But, oh, I like LeBron. I've, I've got a friend of mine. Um, he lives in New York, and he just follows wherever LeBron goes. So for the last five years, he's gone for Cleveland, Miami, the Lakers, you know, whichever team LeBron goes to. So, yeah, it's really interesting. I think that's uh, – you hit the nail on the head there. Guys are just – you know, they're walking around the league, and and I, I was listening to, to Bill Simmons. Hmm. Bill, Bill Simmons? Yeah. Bill Simmons, and he was – I, yeah, BS. I remember that. And um, <laughs> he was talking about, you know, it could be like we had that same attitude that the players are having now. It could be like no one would be married. You know, it'd be like a relationship. Oh, yeah. You want me to do the dishes? Um, I'm not quite sure if I like my future here. I'll start looking to see what team is better for me. You know, like, well, you know, like, you know, he Bill, Sim, Bill Simmons said, you know, his neighbor's looking pretty good, you know. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, players are kind of looking at that, you know, don't get along with a coach. Um, KD has an argument with Draymond Green. Then he starts considering the free agency, you know. What do you, yeah, what do you think about that? You Do you see that that KD on first take? There was, there was some sour grapes there. How can – and I don't understand why. They're like, you're on the best team, maybe of all time. 
you you joined them when they had just have a, had a 73 win season even though they lost in the finals you have a great coach you have great facilities and then you come on to that show and oh yeah you know me and Draymond didn't get on well and that that, that affected my I mean come on man really I I don't understand why he's so miserable you know he didn't smile until the end of that of that interview and you know, it wasn't like he was, you know, having a hearty, har har laugh. He just smiled. Mm. He, every time someone asked a question, and I thought they did a fantastic job of not avoiding the tough questions, but saying it in a way where, you know, he wouldn't shut down. I thought they did a great job, but um, he, he just looked miserable. They'd be asking a question. He'd be shaking his head like, well, yeah, that's a ridiculous question. And then he would reluctantly answer it. But he did answer every question that they gave to him. But I, I can't figure out why he's so miserable. I have not seen him enjoy basketball since he left OKC. I don't. Yeah, I completely agree. And even you know, he even when he won those Finals MVPs, there wasn't huge jubilation on his face. You know, and it's he's an interesting character, Kevin Durant. I don't think I don't think anybody really knows Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant. It's he's just an he's a really polarizing figure. It's going to be really interesting when he comes back to see how he goes with Kyrie because he he does say a lot of good things about Kyrie. That's what um, you know. He said I've always wanted to play with Kyrie, and um, it'll be interesting to see how that team goes next year because there's already talk that Kyrie's hurting the chemistry on that young team. And yeah, when KD comes back, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they go. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested once he's out on the court to see how that blends. It's very difficult to be, to blend with a player that has to demand demands the ball in his hands so often. He takes a lot of dribbles. He he creates. He's going to through two or three people, you know, and still he has the ability to score against big opponents on the rim. He can knife through three or four defenders and still score. But, you know, what are the other players doing while he's doing all that? They'd be standing Despite around. It's very difficult spacing. to be spirited and feel a part of something that's bigger than one individual when you have a player that plays with that style. So it'd be interesting to see that a guy that is so ball dominant, you know, how much fun he'll be to play with. Was yeah. there any guys that you played with, obviously, because you're a point guard. Actually, keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't, I mean, I'm not avoiding that one. You yeah. know, I just wanted to to say, you know, with with KD and I watched him answer those questions. And like I said, he answered every single one of them. And he just had an attitude like, you know, it's it's kind of not my job to be liked. It's the coach, Steve Kerr, wasn't my friend or we didn't hang out. But, you know, I didn't dislike him either. He had a job to do. I had a job to do. But is it really a job? You know, come on. He's making what, $200 million? Yeah, I, exactly. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um, he's making I can say this is as much money as anybody in a, in a time where the money is just absolutely ridic ridiculous. He can play wherever he want with whoever he wants and he just seems really unhappy. Yeah, I I can see it's it's uh it's it's hit a nerve with you and I can see why because you're right. These guys make ridiculous money, right? And you you actually see the breakdown like what they make per minute, per second. What they're making like in half a day is what some people don't even make in 10 years or or five years. And you're like, why are you being such a miserable douche on national TV? Well, maybe he is a miserable douche just, you know, not just because he's rich and he's in the spotlight and being in the spotlight makes whatever kind of personality that you have magnified by 10, you know? So if you're a douche, you're 
10 times the douche. We should probably move off of that description. <laughs> but, um, you know, and here's a question for you. Is it his responsibility to be entertaining? Is it his responsibility to to cooperate with the media? Popovich doesn't, you know? So is it, is it I mean, maybe he's it's, just not very exciting. And he not, puts, put, gets put in that situation where people want to know him better. And that's the last thing he wants. I don't know if it's about being, I just, you know, Popovich, I think he's just, he's a, you know, he's, a, he's an old man, but he's been like that forever. Durant didn't start like that when he was at OKC. He's turned into this miserable character. Do you know what I mean? He he was a he was a pretty fun guy, as uh, as Kawhi would say. Um, and, you know, when he was with Westbrook at OKC, it just seems since he's gone to the Warriors, people have jumped on his back and he's just gone into his shell. But I, I don't think he has a... You know, I don't think he has a, a duty to be, you know, open and, uh, you know, fun and, you know, interactive with the media. But I would just expect a little bit more because you have the other end of the spectrum, a guy like Joel, Joel Embiid. I love the guy. Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to say something that well, might not go down real well. But if Popovich was black, there's no way he'd be able to get away with what he does. You know, not doing interviews, giving one word answers. They he'd be run out of the league. You reckon? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Is it or was it just because he's been there so long? What? What? Because he's what? He's always been a jerk, so he continues to be a jerk. I don't know. It's an it's an interesting question. It's a hard one for me to answer. You could be right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was expecting so, more of an argument, but that's okay. No, because I I actually think there's a bit of truth to it. So. Um, I think there's double standards across the board, but they are getting better. So it's it's yeah. it's, it's a tough one to comment on. I mean, I just think it's worth you know having a chat about. I mean, there's double standards in my house. You know, my son gets away with a lot more than my daughter does. Blatant double standards. Bring them on. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a? Did you see the Carl Anthony Towns uh, Joel Embiid fight? I it, you you calling that a fight? That's why I want to talk about it because people say, oh, it was a fight. I'm like. These guys just had a bit of a hugging match. People yeah. like, like I, when I heard about it, Twitter's blowing up, big fight, and I watched it. I'm like, where's the fight? Um, they kind of gave each other a bit of a hug, and Ben Simmons put Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns into a headlock, and they're saying yeah. it was a fight is malice at the palace. That's a fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a fight. I know. Let's get back to that one. You yeah. know what else was a fight? When Australia played the Philippines. That, <laughs> that, that was <laughs> <laughs> okay, talk about double oh standards. God. The ushers talk about were throwing haymakers at the players. Oh my God, I've, there has never been anything like that. They should have been thrown out of FIBA for 10 years and they got slap on, slaps on the wrist. If it was the other way around and the Australian um, players, fans were doing that, we would get smashed. Okay, yeah, you know what? Because <clears throat> there is reverse discrimination as well it's there's just, discrimination it, it, it's everywhere. just discrimination yeah. it's not reverse it's just discrimination yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah Mal- i mean malice at the palace that was that was run our test not not his finest moment no i mean okay so let's talk about some of the fights that are our that are fights because you know I, I saw that we were going to have a chat about that one and, <laughs> and i didn't want to say that's that wasn't a fight you know, let's talk about the best ones, but really, you shouldn't really say the best <laughs> fights because I saw one that just, I think about it and I just cringe when Rudy Tomjanovich got hit by Kermit Washington, 
who probably has the biggest fist in the history of the NBA. When and, was this? Oh man, it was like 80, it ended Rudy Tomjanovich's career. And he ended up being the head coach I've for never, the Houston I've never, Rockets. I've never seen it. I need to see oh, this. Oh, man. You need to get that baby on YouTube. And I don't even – you probably couldn't even watch it twice. Rudy Tomjanovich was running towards the fight, and Kermit Washington was in it, and they had kind of broke whoever he had the scuffle up with. Mm. And Rudy Tomjanovich kind of came late and was trying to help break it up. Mm -hmm. And Kermit Washington thought – he was coming for him and he turned around and punched him in the face and his face just collapsed. He was, he had surgery, he had reconstructive surgery on his face. It was brutal. And what happened to both players? So obviously he got, would have got suspended. Rudy Tomjanovich retired. He never played another game of basketball and Kermit wow. Washington, you know, they, they threw the book at him. He felt horrible, you know, about it. Hmm. But, um, yeah, that was, you know, it was one punch, but that's the most severe thing I've ever seen on a basketball court. Because basketball players, they can't fight. No. I mean, unless you're Shane Heal, you know, he can fight. Yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out shout out to the Hammer. Um, the Hammer can throw blows, yeah. I, I mean, even, do you remember when Shaq went up against Barkley? And even though they, they, they're such big guys, but they were throwing punches like children. It was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, UFC fans, you know, they would, you know, just laugh at the attempt. Did you see the UFC fight on the weekend? Oh, was that the one where he threw the guy's legs to the side and Masvidal, Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz? He just takes a beating every single time, and the 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 referee stopped it in the third round. I mean, there's blood pouring from his eye, but he's just this guy that he just keeps coming like the Terminator. Just come on, it's fantastic. But uh, man, those guys, those guys are warriors. Those guys are warriors. Oh, I, I think that's just too brutal. Uh, honestly, I mean, I I appreciate the skill, you know, mixed martial arts, and and now guys are trained that way. It's not like you're a wrestling specialist and you learn how to be a striker. Um, you know, your jujitsu. They just know like, everything. They know everything now, so it's extra brutal. And I just think that once a guy has been hit, you know, you knock a guy off of his feet after you punch him in the face, and he falls down and he just looks like he's knocked out. You can't elbow him in the head while he's unconscious. It's pretty brutal. It is pretty brutal. I mean, they 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 definitely take it to the next level. But I appreciate the skill, you know. But it's really hard for me to watch because I I when I watch UFC, I I get the feeling I'm going to watch the first death in the ring, and and it it's hard for me to watch. Well, I, all I can say is that the UFC has done a, a great job in terms of making it a popular sport because they were nothing, you know, 15 years ago. But it's not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, it's um, highly entertaining, you know, and that's why I think they, they get the, the big bucks. You know that sport does? It makes me act accordingly. You know, because those guys look normal. You could run into that person, you know, while you're driving and he cuts you off. And that's what goes through my head before I have any kind of road rage that guy driving could be like a UFC fanatic. And um, I act accordingly. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm just having this, this image of you driving down the Pacific Highway. Guy cuts you off and you're like, no. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm not going to do it. But, I can, but yeah. I, can, I can see. There's UFC women too. So you know what? Well, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. And listen. I, I, you know what? That'd be more embarrassing. You know, you know I just fly off the handle and. I get my ass kicked by a lady just gets out of the car and I'm like, what? 
What? What? Do you want to go? Yeah. Put you in a choker hold. I'm actually, you know who I'm really worried about? I'm worried about Leah, our sound person. Yeah. She she could be a she could be a UFC. I know you got to watch those quiet ones. The quiet ones, man. I know. Big trouble. Um, just query quickly on um, on the NBA. I'm very. I don't know if you've seen them play, but everyone thought they were going to be terrible this year. But the Phoenix Suns this year, they're looking good. And I like to bring an Aussie flavor back into the pod. Aaron Baines, uh, because DeAndre Ayton is out for 25 games. For performance enhancing drugs, he's I think it was a diuretic, which is used as a masking agent. But he's man, the guy's hitting threes. He's you know he he used to be just a, a rebounder, role player at the Spurs, you know, three or four years ago, and now he's he's turned himself into a bit of an offensive weapon. I think they're doing really well. His role, you know, is a bigger role. He's playing for Australia at the World Championships, and that he just rolled right into that. You know, every year these guys come up with a new weapon. You know, he was a role player. You know, for for the Celtics, he was a role player for Detroit. So he's working on his game, just like every player in the NBA is looking not just to make a roster. They're looking at a more significant role Mm. on a roster. They're waiting for their opportunity for that team to need that new weapon that they that he's got. And his new weapon, I shouldn't even say it's his new weapon, but it's a weapon that coaches are like, okay, he can shoot the three, he can stretch the defense. So he's been probably waiting to unveil that part of his game for quite some time. Hasn't had um, the coach's approval of shooting that shot. Everybody's got the green light now to shoot the three. I mean, what, what, what do you think about this? The amount of threes being thrown up per game now is, is ridiculous. I mean, James Harden, he's getting – would, I, I would guarantee that in your career you didn't shoot 10 threes in a game or didn't even attempt 10 threes in a game. And James Harden is having games where he's missing 10 threes. Like, this is absurd numbers. Yeah. I mean, he's proved that he can hit that shot. He's proved that he can run off like six, seven straight threes. Uh, He's proved to be unstoppable. You know, I never thought, not so much the threes, because, you know, they've done the math. Percent of 40% of three-pointers is better than 50% of two-pointers. So the math works out to... You know, if you can shoot the ball from the three-point line, you create more opportunities by spreading the floor. I mean, I get it. Um, what I don't get is the fact that guys take 35 dribbles to create space and then shoot like a fall-away step-to-the-side three. And games that are played well, and, you know, and Steph Curry, who has a – well, not because he's got a broken hand now, but, you know, guys that are hitting those shots, that's fun to watch when it's going in. But, boy, when teams are – shooting 29% from the three-point line. I'm glad I haven't paid $400 for a ticket to watch that crap. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine being a Warriors? Imagine buying – okay, so around this time last year is when they started selling the season tickets for next year because obviously the new stadium, San Francisco, all that sort of stuff. Can you imagine turning up now, watching a team play with no Steph Curry – even I think Draymond Green's out for a few games. You're watching guys that literally are G League players, yeah, and you're paying fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, it was it was like watching my my <laughs> my real estate portfolio during the GFC. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes going down. I know. I can laugh about it now with all the therapy I went through. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. This is mate, this is a safe place. You know, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about. I know. That's okay. I have my health. Um let's uh let's get into uh let's get into who am I. I am gonna 
for our listeners last week, I'm going to quickly do a recap. So last week, Steve actually, he actually got it straight away. All right. So last week's Who Am I? Born July 20, 1975. Six foot five. Went to Yukon University between 93 and 96. He was drafted in 1996, the fifth overall picked, and was selected by the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this is a recap, right? This is a recap. Two-time NBA champion. So if you guys didn't get it last week, Steve very quickly, he wrote down the words Ray Allen, um, which I was actually surprised that he got because I actually didn't know when I was reading this out that um, Ray Allen was drafted by the Timberwolves because I thought he was drafted by the Bucks. Yeah. And you know, another thing that I failed to mention that helped me was I was just looking up Ray Allen because I heard that he's a good golfer. And I was great looking, golfer. And I was looking to see what his handicap was, and his picture popped up. Yeah. One. Isn't <laughs> he's it? off of one. Yeah. yeah. And um, his picture popped up of when he was drafted, and that's when I saw that he had the Timberwolves hat on, and I didn't realize that he was drafted by the Timberwolves. I, yeah. th- I thought he was drafted by the Bucks, the team that he played for as a rookie. There you go. Are you ready for this week's? Um, yes. Okay. All right. I'm nervous because I've done very well. Okay. Here we I don't go. want to draw a blank. Here we go. Oh, I, I damn it! I just I've just realized. I've, so I've just seen where he's where he um where he was born, and I think you're going to get it. Damn it! Straight away. Okay. Um, because you grew up you grew up in Compton, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have got a really funny, very quickly, mm-hmm. funny story. So I was one of the first times I went to the U.S. I was maybe 21, 22, bright-eyed white guy. We, me, and my friends, we were using a GPS to get around LA. Anyway, we, we couldn't find this place bar that we were just, I can't remember we were going to this bar or somewhere. We were supposed, no, we were supposed to pick a friend up from a train station. He's driving. No, I'm sorry. I was driving. He was directing. Um, and next minute I look up and I see a sign. It says Compton. And I'm like, Mark, what are you doing? We're in, so we're, we're two white guys driving an Escalade. With two other white guys in the back, with our uh, with four suitcases in there, and we're in Compton, and I'm like, dude, this is not the place. Why have you taken us here? And he was laughing. He goes, oh, I just I just wanted to drive through Compton once, and I'm like, we're not. Anyway, he's so he's driven us down, and the the streets are so narrow, and there's a car on either side, and I'm like, all I'm thinking about. I've seen just way too many movies. This guy is standing there, so we can't get out. I'm going to get shot. <laughs> I was so scared for about 10 minutes. I probably had nothing to worry about, but that was my one experience in Compton because I heard, yeah, they, you drive down the street, they'll block it off, and then you can't get out. All right, okay. So that was my Compton experience <laughs> from, from, a, ver- from a very white point of view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, some similar stories where people haven't made it out alive like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. So, back- had every reason to feel, you know, a little threatened there. So, this guy, he was born July 23, 1968. 68. Okay. He, so, that makes him, yeah. Okay. He was born in Oakland, California. Mm hmm. Uh, went to Oregon State College mm-hmm. between 86 and 90. Um, between 86 and 90. Do you want me to keep going? No. Um, okay. Yeah. Oregon State University. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born in... 68. 68. So, yeah, so he's 51 now. 
Gary Payton? Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Are you actually serious? No. You're born in Oakland, right? Oh, yeah. Far out, man. I got to stop getting these California guys. But how did you get? How did you get that? Is it from where he was born or where he went to? Because Oregon State's not a huge college. They're big, but not, they're, they're in the okay. So they're in the Pac-10 back then. So yeah. Um, when I left, no, sorry. When I played at Iowa, I played for Lute Olson, mm-hmm. and so Lute Olson went to Arizona. So Arizona is in the Pac-10. Right. So I got to I watched very closely the teams that he was coaching and playing against. So Jason Kidd, Gary Payton, he's he's coaching against these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Brooks, all all those type players. And so uh Gary Payton, you know, because he was born he's he's uh what was he 51 now or something like that? Yeah, 51. He's 51. We played in a tournament I was playing with the Illawarra Hawks and we toured against some US teams on the West Coast and we played against Washington State, Oregon State and Gary Payton was on one of those teams. So you played against him. So I was thinking that's about the same time then yeah I was like Oakland, yep, Gary Payton because I know that Gary Payton played against Jason Kidd in summer leagues and Jason Kidd really looked up to Gary Payton and Gary Payton used to dominate him and yeah. Yeah, and so I knew that He's a little bit older than Jason Kidd. So, yeah, I was just kind of – that's why it, it took me a little longer. Yeah, but no, I don't think anyone else on the planet would have got it off the just those – all I've said is like, okay, they're born in 1968, where they were born and where they went to college. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. All I, right. Next, I like this game. Okay, next week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be delving. I'm going to have some guy that's born in like 1873, like – <laughs> some, some really yeah. ridiculous. No, I, no, I, I wasn't paying it. I, you know, I, I was really a, paying attention when, when it comes to basketball and watching them on TV and stuff. But yeah, if you start giving me some historical nah, history, I'm not gonna, stuff, I want, <laughs> I want people, I want people that the, the I wasn't, list, the I wasn't listeners, paying attention in school, man. The, the, the listeners know. I mean, that everybody knows the glove. All right. Well, shall we? Uh, shall we get into our community commentary for the week? Absolutely. All right. Let's do that. So we're going to cross to the UNS, UNSW, and it's uh, their advanced scrimmage sessions. I don't know what that means, Steve, but let's have a listen. <laughs> New South in your mouth. 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 I've, ne- I've never heard that one before. <laughs> We've got two great games on this midday. Ten minutes every time, different teams, so... You've got a lot of players out there in different coloured uniforms who, and you don't know who's on each team. Pass the back out to Red Shoes, unsure of Red Shoes. Red Shoes dribbles to Blue Shirt who shoots the three and scores! All right, we've got the colour coordination going. Amazing shot by Blue Shirt. We've got uh, the tall team and the young team. The tall team have all the experience, but they move about half the speed. Help me out, Steve. <laughs> They're not moving very fast. It's, this is called all man speed. The big German taking it up the foot. He finds the other German. He finds the other German. Goes have, up and scores. Have they ever that's listened the to someone do commentary? That's, uh, have they that's a scary connection. Have they, I'm actually wondering if they've actually been to a basketball game. game. It's the game you want to make. Winners stay on court one. All the others play on court two to fight to make it onto court one. Some really long shots today. I think. Uh, Sounds like there, prison. Maybe it's uh, the Prison spring. Rolls. In winter, people are knocking down shots like you wouldn't believe. All right, we've got, we've got a break at the moment, so we'll throw it to our sponsor. Who's our sponsor for today? <laughs> the cafe downstairs. <laughs> All right, best latte in uh, Randwick North. 
Ooh, Maddie with the quick hands. Steals it like a pickpocket in England in 1983. Now, Jacob had to go. Oh. Right? Picked up pretty well on defense towards the end of the game, but unfortunately wasn't enough to get us over the line. Did you ever get to make it to court one? It seems pretty ruthless out there. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, unfortunately, I haven't made it over to court one just yet. However, keep striving to do so. Keep reaching for that rainbow. Good on you, mate. <laughs> like a pickpocket in 1983. I know. In England. I am. Steals it. As soon as he said steals, steals it, it like, I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't know where he was going to go yeah. with that. Oh, I was I was like, don't be racist. Don't be racist. Don't be racist. Oh, gosh. I was saying the opposite. I'll say something racist. <laughs> well, thank you to uh, the guys at UNSW. Those advanced scrimmage sessions, mate. I it's obviously it's a goal of mine to make it to court one. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe we should go down and see if we can make it. Okay, we should go have a look. Advanced scrimmage sessions. Th- maybe they should, you know, maybe do some courses alongside of it to have some advanced commentary. There's three German <laughs> sessions. <laughs> there's, there's three Germans and that, and the, that girl at the beginning. She she was all about the color coordination. She was like, oh, the two teams have different colors. She she sounds like a great court supervisor. She seemed like she had everybody in the right place. She yeah. she did a job well done. Just want to say a quick thank you to our friends at manofmany.com, one of Australia's best men's lifestyle sites. So for the latest products, culture, style, entertainment, sports, make sure you head to manofmany.com. They really are an incredible site. They've got some amazing articles up every single day. We use a lot of the content for our pod. So make sure you check out manofmany.com. All right, guys. Well, that is it for another week of Inside Slam. Uh, make sure you check us out on all the socials. Uh, Instagram, we are at Inside Slam. Also, make sure you check out Global Story Network. Uh, check out globalstorynetwork.com. Uh, we can find a whole range of amazing other podcasts as well, as well as ours. And uh, we will see you next week. Yeah.